Welcome back to Fly Over Territory Podcast on a, well, it was sunny. Uh, it was a nice, actually a really nice afternoon, but uh, after a, rowdy, a two, two home run game on a Rowdy Telez, a uh, little, little gloomy. On a, Woody, let, let's give Rowdy some, some credit. Those are two three-run bombs uh, for one of my, uh, it's, it's Dan Vogelbeck and Rowdy Telez have to be like my two favorite baseball players right now. Not in twins uniforms, although the list of favorite twins we can get to later is getting shorter and shorter. <laughs> but yeah, like you said, a little gloomy uh, head-to-head matchup, divisional leading foes, a little bit of border battle action. Uh, July 27th here, Woody. We are four games for the Twins after the All-Star break, and they sit 2-2. Two and two. And just just for the record to kind of point out that I think most games have ratched, wrapped up for the night, the mm-hmm. Twins sit at 52-46 and 46 with a one-and-a-half game lead over the Cleveland Guardians, who sit at a record of 50-47 and 47 with the White Sox three games behind. 49 and 49. Here we are, Woody. It's, uh, again, beautiful weather. Like, even I was sitting outside on the deck, and I felt, like, a little cold here at night. And I was like, do I grab the sweater, which is which is the best feeling, like shorts oh, yeah. and sweater. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, a little downcast, especially since it was, like, a 1 o'clock game. I was able to tune in to, like, the first two innings, saw the first Rowdy Telez, no doubter, bomb. And then, you know, check the phone. It's tied up 3-3. And then as I was biking home, Woody, I caught the entire, like, Chris Archer walking the bases loaded, handed over to one of our erstwhile relievers, Cotton, who I think got a strikeout and then walked Yelich, gave up a sack fly, and it's 5-3, and the next thing I know it's like 10-3. And I think I heard Rowdy's home run, that's when I kind of like was like, all right, going to go back to the audio book right now, and we'll talk <laughs> about all this later tonight. So, yeah, beautiful weather, beautiful time. I think it's going to get warmer. Um, and hopefully that's not the only place that it gets warmer if we take a look over that trade stove for the MLB trade deadline, which is August 2nd. I always I, – I, did, did they change it over? Because it used to always just be July 31st, right? I, I think I think it's August 2nd. Uh, but we, we should recognize, too, that here July 27th, Correct. Yep. Later in the evening, potentially the first kind of domino in this, uh, what has always been kind of like, I feel like baseball, you can push back on the, if you feel differently, because I think, you know, if we wanted to go across to the Premier League or the windows where you can, transfers can happen, mm-hmm. does any sport beat baseball for like trade deadline midseason shenanigans? Like maybe the NBA to an extent? a little bit but i feel still feel like the trade deadline is such an important part of baseball where you have all these teams being like all right we're in it we're going to go out and get andrew benatendi for three random prospects because he's better than who we have right now and i I will give baseball credit for like how it's set up that way but we're at that point and that's what we're here to talk about tonight is what in the world is going to happen and and we both were talking woody before we wanted to get in Let's have a cathartic moment here, and let's open up kind of a session to complain, to shake our heads, and maybe shake our fists at upper management in Minnesota Twins baseball organization, and maybe a little bit at Rocco, although I don't know what Rocco's supposed to do with this bullpen and your pitching coach leaving halfway through the season. So I'm going to turn it over to you, Woody, and ask you this pointed question. What pisses you off the most? about the 2022 Minnesota Twins as of July 27th, 2022. Oh, boy. Uh, that we're, we're here. Yeah. <laughs> and we have we, – we just went along with the same old, same old to get here. Again, where it's like – when I, when I mean here by, – or by, by mean when I say here – is specifically 
rolling into the trade deadline here, which, to clean up a couple things here logistically, it is August 2nd, Tuesday. Uh, it will be at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, the new CBA allowed the commissioner to have the authority to set the deadline any date between July 28th and August 3rd each year. So you can kind of move it versus, bit. like, we're stuck to, like, a random, like, whatever the 31st is. He can kind of move it to make where it makes sense, which it Tuesday definitely makes way more sense than a uh, Sunday. Yeah, so I, I totally get that part of it. Um, that being said, we talked about this last time on the pod of how do upper management understand the concept that you don't have to wait until August 2nd to do things, uh, which, again, late trade deadline, again, there's certain aspects of the MLB trade deadline that definitely set you up for it just being a really good, like, point of an athletic or, like, a sports season, right? Where it's, like, same thing with, like, deadline day. You think of two transfer windows, uh, the end of August and then the end of January. Kind of, again, you, you have hard dates where the only two times you can improve your team are the, the summer months and then that one January month. And there's just teams that, are like, hey, we are, we're going for it, which means a array of things, which I think is what makes the Premier League and, and, and you know, just European and bigger you know club football just the best because going for it might mean 12th place right going for it might be we need to avoid relegation going for it also might be we are five points outside of first and we have a legitimate shot but we need a center back we need a winger whatever where other sports are kind of like you're either buyer or seller it's mm -hmm. very binary mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. that's what really yeah. makes yeah. like the uh the nfl and the nhl super boring because it's like, uh, we're all just kind of in it. And the, the the NFL one happens way too early. I know they bumped it back to week eight. It should be like week 12. It should be like fantasy football playoff. Like, we should be hearing stuff about how, like, uh, what would be a good deal. Like, we'll take a, a, a Vikings one. Again, quarterbacks can't be moved at this point. But it's like, someone want Adam Thielen? Week 12, add him on. Now you have a, another, like, great wide receiver to go throw in your, your quartet mm -hmm. or whatever. Or mm -hmm. like, hey. Need a need a linebacker here. Here's Eric Kendricks, and then you have him for like five weeks. Got to put him in the scheme. You figure that out. Yeah. But like, they just they just really handcuff themselves. And again, it's not like the the NFL really needs any help making more money or garnering up more interest. But MLBs is late enough in the year where you have clear buyers and sellers. Although this year is a little murky, just with that yeah. sixth spot, we'll, we'll which is like different. Yeah, for sure. Um, but having said all that, it's still to me is and it's really only europe but european club football because again the only time you can improve your team in the offseason is the summer transfer window and then stuff gets really dicey because you're kind of waiting on deals to figure itself out or like 17 million dollar payments to be made and frankie de Jong is still sitting there in barcelona <laughs> just like what the fuck's going on <laughs> um but i i and then you get to you get to january where you're like hey we had a shot at it and I think that's if, – if you only had January and you – I think they'd be kind of on par with kind of what the trade deadline is for the MLB. Um, again, long way around to say just disappointed that July 27th, we're still just rolling Chris Archer out there. Yep. We're just rolling <clears throat> Cotton out there. Like, we just are just not competitive. Like, that's – to me, that's uncompetitive. Yeah. To me, that's like we're just going to try to endure today and – it's a loss, but guess what? We're saving our arms for when it matters. I'm like, why are we still doing that in July? End of July. Yeah. yeah. And it, so what What resonates most for me is kind of like you pointed out, it's like anybody watching this team or kind of paying attention to it knows what the issue has been, continues to be, and will be going forward. Like it's just not changing. Like n there's no, there's nothing adding to this in july or august that is going to change what we're hap what's what's happening and and i think if i remember all the way back to when we first did our beginning of the 2022 season pod would he correct me if i had said like if if you recall differently but i had said like the pitching isn't there to pretend that this is a contending team well woody we're a contending team in the al central and the pitching isn't there and I, I would I would go out on a limb and say like 
one of the things, and you, you'd asked me to, we can get to this at the very end to say, like, what do we think is going to happen? What, what would we like to happen? And I'd add, like, what I'd hate to see happen. <laughs> this is kind of like, I, this team can continue to bumble along in this fashion and continue to be in the mix here for first place in the AL Central. And I think what pisses me off the most is they can get away with that or that there's just, like, no semblance of recognition of that by this front office or like outwardly. I, I It's just, it's the sheer, just like con- continuing to roll it out. That has me like as frustrated as possible. And and we can get into this in terms of like what, how this manifests itself, but it's like Chris Archer is going to give you four innings and then you're going to burn four arms to get you through the game in which the guy's not going to, you're not going to be competitive in that game anyway, because no. he's not going to keep the ball in the park. He just doesn't have it. And he's being sent out there at the same time Dylan Bundy, who has basically been Dylan Bundy, is doing the same thing. And you just go down this rotation. You're like, so you're hoping that Joe Ryan can give you a decent game and that Sonny Gray can give you a decent game. And it's basically like this, okay, there's there's two wins there, and then there's two losses with Archer and Bundy, and we'll like take our chances with the fifth game and hope that the breaks break enough or we play the White Sox the Tigers or the Royals enough that we sit at 52 and 46 and in first place and just continually can get away with it I it, it just it's it's so terrible and the, the other one thing that I just can't stand Woody is not throwing strikes throw fucking strikes that that's that's what I'd like to say it's what pisses me off the most is this team three straight walks from Archer today with another walk to walk in a run and they blew the walk-off game with Duran loading the bases. He got out of it, and then Duffy loaded the bases too, correct. And I think a lot of those were on free passes. Throw the ball over the plate. Yeah. You've got this defense behind you that is anchored by Correa, uh, gold glove center fielder, gold glove shortstop, and you don't put the ball in play. And when you do, it's usually smashed out of the park, but throw the ball over the fucking plate. I just... <laughs> cannot emphasize how much i hate walking players and we can talk about that off pod about our own softball team losing because we walked three guys in the first inning (sighs) fucking throw strikes yes how hard is it yeah um i will just in case he for some reason does listen to it i will say throwing strikes in adult men's softball is actually very difficult (laughs) Um, mostly saying that because i refuse to even we, we both it. are never yeah. uh volunteering for that service so, so yeah uh, that, apologies that, to uh, that sounded like we were uh, as the kids say throwing shade to our our starting pitcher uh on, on our softball team we were not we throwing were, shade against our entire team yeah, yes yes but just more the the idea that there is a shared uh losing let's call it strategy involved with when you walk a lot of guys early yeah there's just not easy ways to get out yeah. of it and you're just asking for trouble um yeah obviously you're gonna win a few of those games but you're gonna lose more than you're gonna win unless you're averaging like nine runs a game which we're not really doing nope. um i don't know of many teams that can do that uh and yeah including our softball team because we scored a whole whopping six six runs six yep. uh yeah so oh boy uh yeah i think that's how i was gonna start the pot off was asking you more disappointing finish the dropping ball softball season or the 2022 minnesota twin season that we have not got to yet uh but what do you have to, if you had to call it what would be more disappointing i don't know if it gets more disappointing than being in fourth place and then throwing a third the back third of our season to get to ninth to avoid having to play good teams to then go and lay an absolute goose egg against the 16th seeded team in the entire league yeah who won, I think, three games? If, if anybody to that gets that. to this point doesn't understand how bitter we are about this, and it both both Ryan, you and I had felt like this was kind of a seminal moment and could be like a, an important moment in the history of our longstanding softball team, like career-wise. Uh, and you're asking me if that's more disappointing than uh, this Minnesota Twins club. Dropping balls definitely is more disappointing because, again, the Twins are still in first place. And and it's just like pausing again. Like, I'm so upset about how easy this seems to be as, like, a fix. 
And yet, here they are. They still sit in first place. And the next couple of games are against San Diego, I believe, in San Diego. So tough, tough stretch coming up here for the Twins, if if I have that correctly. Uh, fun road trip, if true. Yeah, uh, so three games out, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So they have another day off here, and then they're back home against the Tigers. Okay, so. so and again, it's this it's this moment, Woody. We need to, like, as as the Twins' losses, maybe this is an interesting thought of, like, saying their losses have been so disheartening, but then they still are in first place and they still have like weathered that storm and maybe there is and this is just opening up a space you can push back against it like credit to the manager who's able to be like hey it's a long season there's gonna be ups and downs hey we have a shit bullpen we have this weird mix of kind of up and down moments but i just want to keep you guys all on the same page so maybe you know outsiders looking inside need to pause and be like they're still in first place they're still able to do that. They're still, you know, the wheels aren't falling off after, even though after every tough loss, like the White Sox series, and then this Brewers sweep, we're like, mm-hmm. how are you going to rebound from that? Well, yeah. you play four games against the Tigers or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> it, yeah, it's the thing we kind of talked about, I think, last time, where it's, uh, and again, referencing back to the start, uh, start of the season earlier episode, where you get the Royals, Tigers, and Guardians to some degree – White Sox to some degree. I, can't, I think there's kind of a mix there. But again, you have really 60 very winnable ballgames. You're not going to win all 60. However, very winnable where you can just kind of like, eh, we can kind of pencil in uh, two, at least winning two out of three against this team yeah. here and there. Like, 20 yeah, it, there. There's just like weirdly like just bounce back moments just kind of penciled in each time. Exactly. You go through this. It's like win two at Detroit. And then we kind of lose, probably get a little tired, go two against Milwaukee, lose a tight one first. You always have a feeling of those two-game series where it's like, hey, let's win the first road game, and then we can kind of coast on the second one. Uh, we definitely coasted on the second yep. one, um, but we didn't pull out that first one, which is always makes it a little tricky. Um, we're going three. Now, this will be our uh, fifth through seventh road game in a row. Uh, there's a travel day in between, so that does help. However, it's, again, going from, like, Michigan to Milwaukee <laughs> to San Diego. <laughs> Doesn't look great. Uh, we do throw some of our better guys. We're going – Looks like, oh, boy, they already have the – because of the, the – oh, never mind. One of the Detroit games is open. But we go, yeah, we're, we're rolling Ryan Gray, Bundy back out there. Archer somehow penciled in. But then all of a sudden, Tuesday, August 2nd, conveniently we don't have a pitcher penciled in. Yep. Um, yep. So I think that is more ESPN bracing for something, less like any like <laughs> actual tip on anything. But, like, it's a good point to kind of realize of, like, hey, these will be against Detroit at home after a long road trip. We get Toronto at home for four. Obviously, that's kind of a, hey, now we got the guys here. Let's let's start let's start moving this thing. But it's it's just gonna look tough. Because oh, that was what I was gonna finish. Is after the Toronto series though, we go back out to LA for five games in a row, uh, with one day of rest in between against the. Dodgers and the Angels. Yeah. And the Angels could look very different, and that could be a, oh, man, actually no Trout, no Otani kind of thing yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden. So it's not saying like that. But just the travel, and you're just you know, you're kind of asking for stuff, it doesn't really get easy. And we have these weird games coming down where it's like the teams we're facing, yes, we have a lot of division games, but we also have the, the Red Sox in there, the Giants in there, the Astros on the road in there, the Rangers at home, the Yankees on the road. Uh angels at home again who knows where they'll be but and then it's just a bunch of division teams but it's like hey we didn't say that we are playing the pirates the cubs the the Orioles are actually doing pretty well um you know the diamondbacks i don't know i'm saying all nl teams but like you know or the oakland a's or whatever it's like we don't have out of the the non-division games we don't like have any gimmies there so we're gonna have to really figure it out but i will again point out that it seems like no one really wants to win this thing it's very much going to be, which I hate because it's going to reward poor strategy. It's going to come down to the team that doesn't lose it. And I really hope that's not kind of a uh, uh, a little precursor to the end of pre- end segment we'll do. I really hope that's not what is going to guide them in terms of who they're looking at right now in the next five days. Yeah. 
just as we've scrolled through this, it, it just kind of uh, ultimately, I think, I think we, we move this conversation right on into trade deadline because mm-hmm. it, and this is, I'll just mention uh, Aaron Gleeman of the athletic, his tweet from seven hours ago saying it would be impossible to watch the Minnesota twins and not be convinced they need major pitching help. So let's, let's say they stand Pat Woody and they don't do anything outside of maybe one arm, bullpen help like one or two arms bullpen wise they just say like you know what we got here the guys that got us here it's there's a lot of teams that are interested and a lot of guys you know people are going to overpay and we're not going to be the team that overpays for the likes of daniel bard from the colorado rockies we're just we're we're not going to be that team that's not our ethos and we're gonna they're gonna take a look at this and maybe this is what you're getting at and say like we're still winning you know we're, we 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 just can't rationalize overspending for the help that we need to the degree that you know a fan base an angry fan base of two guys sitting in a basement would say that they need and so they they don't do too much to change anything and that's the approach they take and then all of a sudden like you said we're, we're not we're not trying to win it we're just trying to kind of like stay pat and i just feel like it is not a good time to be in the in the in first place with a game and a half lead in the AL Central, like you're gonna get cut, you're gonna get caught, you're gonna get like well, we're already getting the, caught, and that's like, that's we're in the process of getting caught, yeah. And unless and I guess I just don't see any way of if you don't do anything to drastically improve that pitching, like that situation's you're you're gonna get caught. I just there's no there's no longevity, there's no way that the current bullpen and pitching staff are not gonna trip up and be your downfall this remainder of the season so for me as we enter into this trade deadline like where do you begin with with the think pieces about it hey here are the teams that are sellers here are the twins needs line them up i just the one thing i'd say before we dive too deep is like it just this is a different trade deadline or different kind of like at atmosphere or kind of uh landscape right now because what do you if we take a look and pull up the standings here for the american league you're you're not going to sit here and tell me that the white Sox are going to be sellers i mean they're they're just not that's not how they've comported themselves right for sure for sure they coming into the year thought they're going to win the central by a mile and i think what they're going to look at which is kind of dangerous to like because i think this is going to again kind of relate to to how i i hope that the twins don't look at their own situation of I think the White Sox look at the roster and are saying hey this is a 95 win team we underperformed in the front half but that means not that we'll get to 95 necessarily yeah. but that means that like we're going to have 95 win production coming soon just law of averages obviously you can't assume law of averages go north to even it out completely and it's like oh what are you going to do win 20 in a row like O2 mm-hmm. the O2 A's no you're not going to do that but we are going to start winning uh, we're going to start going like 9 and 5 every like 14 and that's something that you assume that's what that roster is built to do. The Twins, I get worried, is they're going to look at their bullpen and say, Emilio Pagan is a eighth-inning workhorse stud, and he just hasn't performed like that. So we're just, he's, it's due, law of averages. So like, let's just keep rolling him out there, and he's going to figure it out. And it's like, that's the stuff I get worried about where you can get kind of caught with that. And, again, when you only have two teams, like if it's just us and the White Sox or mm-hmm. just us and the Guardians mm-hmm. – or quite frankly, just the Guardians and the White Sox. I think you can kind of get away with that a little bit more because it's a two-horse race, yeah. and you you can like kind of like, oh, now they're getting two, two and a half ahead. Okay, let's change our approach. But when there's three, there's always going to be one team because they're all going to have the same strategy. Yep. It's waiting for yep. one of them to fall off mid-September and then take themselves out of it, and then they're going to kind of like hit the gas. And you just get the feeling that the team that just kind of stands pat expects their players to be the players that they signed in March and April and rolled in the, se- the season with mm-hmm. are going to show up magically. That's the team that's going to fall off yeah. September yep. 20th. And, 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 and I also feel like the other thing to consider when we, we just look at the central and look at the trade landscape is the White Sox are not going to be sellers. And I would even say they'd be buyers. They'd be more, they'd be more than happy to make a move quicker than the Minnesota Twins. They have a 77-year-old manager who is – becoming more senile by the day they 
if they think he has any wins left in him, they got to buy. Yeah. Yeah. If this is a rookie manager or something, sure. But, no, they, they yep. brought him in on a retirement for one reason, yep. and that's to go for it. Yep. And, and so that, that's where I, I look at just the Central, and I, and this is – it's a conversation that you have to expand here in a second. But then Cleveland is, like, the other team that's kind of like, I don't see Cleveland doing anything too crazy, which might actually be to our benefit. Mm-hmm. But they also might be just a like a team that has a better identity than the Twins. Or they might be in like, hey, there's a couple bullpen spots we could bolster because we've got some great frontline pitching and we, and we need some bullpen help. And we think Jose Ramirez and Steven Kwan and uh, Josh Naylor can continue to just get it done with us just, just enough because our pitching front end wise is that good. And then bullpen. So that that's while I say like the Guardians aren't going to go out there and be part of the landscape for a potential Shohei Ohtani like deal they would be looking for the same things as any contending team is looking for like mm-hmm. yeah more quality arms in the bullpen so there's three teams in the central Woody that are buyers in the whatever the guardians are able to actually spend money which is questionable tigers are a seller royals are clearly a seller uh tigers have made it aware that Tariq Skubal and most of their they're like blowing it up again okay. Yep. with all these talented arms who are going to be part of what was going to make them competitive this year no way in hell any of those guys end up on Twins, Guardians, White Sox you just you don't trade to and these are old baseball cliches but you don't trade talent interdivisionally and that might all change with how the league set up next year but you know like Tariq Skubal would be incredible to have in the twins rotation you know a high strikeout guy good arm uh it just he doesn't appear in any number of these like here's the guys that the twins are interested yeah not 32 years old yeah. uh like yeah no for sure uh i will say this feels like the year that the inner division thing is not going to matter i think it's literally get whatever you can get mm-hmm. and you know that you can kind of drive that in a little bit because there's one name in the division that i really want I don't think we're going to get it unless we give up, like, a that's what you traded for him kind of thing of, like, oh, boy, like, kind of move. And I think you can do it, but it's going to cost you. And it's, that's one of those things, though, where it's like, hey. Yeah, is I, this, see, I see where this is going. Is, Go this, ahead. is this a guy that you can do that for, and it fits a need now and in the future? But, again, you're going to have to give up a guy where it's like you might have to go face him next year, and it yeah. might be a Austin Martin for him. And you're like, we traded Austin Martin for a fucking reliever? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gregory Soto is the, the guy, like, yeah, you do that for. Because guess what? We somehow have, like, seven shortstops slash second yep. basemen slash yep. center fielders. And Royce Lewis looked the part, assuming the knees hold up. Well, we'll get, like, five, six years, and then we'll have to, like, get into full knee replacement or something. But, like, hey, like, you can't roll out six bodies to play three spots. And that's kind of like we're running into this issue with. And it looks like Miranda has figured some things out. Um, there's a, a few other things. Like, figured, you know, whatever. I, it's just... I've been so impressed by Jose yeah. Miranda. We yeah. said, like, favorite Twins list. He's... I think he's, like, number two right now. Yeah. I just... Yeah. I, uh, so, Soto is is the, is that other name. I was, like, starting pitching from Detroit. It was, like, Scooble, mm-hmm. Soto in Detroit. And that's kind of, again, would be very, very interested in, in any of one of those options for the Twins. The other piece that I have seen kicked around interdivisionally is Tucker Barnhart. Because now Ryan Jeffers is out for this extended period of time. Yep. So the Twins have a desperate need to not have Gary Sanchez behind the plate. And I, I, I was texting with some friends and saying, like, I don't hate Gary Sanchez as much as I thought I would. Yeah. Like, there's something I actually I really appreciate about him. I feel like every other highlight I see of this team, Woody, in these, like, 9-2 wins over Detroit is him just crushing a line drive double pulling it as hard as possible down the left field line because and then like big the big leg kick i just kind of love yeah so you like twins have and maybe we should start there a little bit after this divisional discussion woody is like what are the real needs you know it's like twins need a backup catcher all of a sudden they need two arms in the bullpen they would benefit from three arms in the bullpen they would benefit from one if not two arms in the rotation so there's like a long laundry as well as you know it turns out Miguel Sano isn't ready to play Major League Baseball, <laughs> so you still could ostensibly use a big bat off the bench. Yes. There's a lot of needs on paper. And we're not going to get them all. And I nope. think that and that's understandable. Um, God, it. yeah, I think 
reflecting just how I see needs. Yeah, you need a bench bat. Uh, we're definitely going to need two arms in the bullpen. I think we're going to need a starter. Uh, which There's one internal thing that I wouldn't mind kicking the tires on, just because why not? But if we don't have any like, ammunition left to go out and get a starter after we trade for a bunch of stuff. And then, yeah, the, the catcher thing is a weird development where it's like this is why you take care of some of this stuff in May and June with just whatever moves of just even just a freshen it up kind of thing of like quit rolling cotton out there. Quit yeah. rolling Caleb Thielbar out there. Quit wait, all these guys where it's like, yeah, they might be doing okay or like having moments, but we don't trust them in October. And that yeah. we, we, all, yeah. we know this in May. It's like, hey, Duran throws hard. Cool. Uh, Pagan, you got one shot. In the, it's, it's basically a one and done every single time you pitch. Of like, hey, if you do a fine job, cool. We'll keep you around, and we'll, we'll keep you as an option. The first time you give up three runs and get through point two of an inning, you're done. We're not coming back to you ever again this series. Um, sure, I'm cool with that. But like, and it's the only the, the, Woody. It's it's Duran and Griffin Jacks. That's it. Yeah, and then Jacks. I was trying to think. Yeah, third one. Yep. And like it. Pagan, like sure in the fifth. Like, I don't want him in any high leverage spots. I just want him to come out to be like, all right, we got a bridge from a five inning start to a sixth to the sixth inning. But that's it. That, that, that is it. Like, everybody, Tyler Duffy had a nice little stretch, but had not had Duffy's in the same group of season. It's just like, Woody, this is it's not there. So, bullpen is the top need for this team. Yep. I for sure. And it because we just need another like arm you know we can trust where it's like. At worst, we need to know we can go Thielbar, Pagan, into Duran. It's like, all right, as long as we can get to Duran, we're fine. And then Duffy, Jax, into the the guy. Whether yeah. it's Soto, whether it's whoever, right? We That's, at, at a minimum, just acquire one of them so we can say, we got two guys at the end of the games we trust. Yeah. And then in the big leverage, leverage games, let's go out and throw Duran for an inning and a half or in you know, 1.2 or whatever, and then let's go throw – you know, Soto for the rest of it, and let's get through three innings of two guys, uh, for sure. But it, it again, I, I think I, I mentioned this earlier in an earlier episode. It just feels like we're trying this experiment this season, and we're risking, I think, too much at this point. But why we haven't switched to Bundy for three and a half, Archer for three, get to the bullpen, and that's your fifth starter. Get back to a five-starter system. Get away from the six-starter garbage, um, which I never really liked. But, again, if you want to come out and say, hey, in April and May, this is what we're doing because blah, blah, whatever. I'm like, eh, whatever. That's fine. But once you get to June, you should know who your guys are. And if you don't – it's the – if you have one uh, – if you have – what is it? If you have two quarterbacks, you got zero yep. kind of thing. Yep. Same thing. If you got six starters, you got not five. Like, or whatever, however that would work out. You got zero, really. Um and I thought by June, there's injuries, there's different stuff, whatever. IL stints with, with Ryan and with Gray, but you got two there. Pretty locked in. We're good to go. We need that third. And then again, I'm cool with Archer for one th- time through the order and Bundy one time through the order. Mm-hmm. And then maybe it's Pagan as an opener for yeah. three or yeah. something. Get right? creative and, with that. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, let's get through six to seven innings with those three and doing something cool. I'm fine with that. At, honestly, at this point, just knowing. Hey, we got some of these young guys that seemingly are playing really well, whether it's Miranda, whether it's Kirilov, uh, Nick Gordon, a little bit kind of sprinkled in there too. Celestino's kind of hanging around where it's like, okay, we got enough guys. Like we don't we don't need to ship these guys out to go get somebody. But that being said, like we have to me now too many needs. And this is where it gets really scary of the White Sox are gonna do White Sox things. I don't think we have you know, us and the Guardians have the budget to compete with that, and we're both sitting here. I think it's a staring contest between the two of us that's minnesota and cleveland whoever flinches first kind of thing the other one i think is gonna be like oh never mind <laughs> like and they're just gonna step away from the table and i get really worried about that uh, oh, and i think the piece to add in here too is we've like look closely at the central this is what's really kind of makes this really hard even with the additional playoff spot woody is here let's do a quick rundown of the al East. East, yep. There are four potential playoff teams here. There is a revitalized Baltimore Orioles who have played great the last month. Like, yeah. great, great, to get back to 500. Oh, by the way, the Red Sox are just one game under 500. It's not like the Red Sox are going to sit here, Pat, and not do anything, too. Maybe they're sellers, but you just Red Sox Nation does not allow that, right? 
Rays are 12 and a half games, just one game back from the Blue Jays. So there's your three, your two wildcard teams are the Blue Jays and Rays. And then we'll get to the third one in a little bit. But the Yankees are the Yankees are in an arms race against the Dodgers and are already making moves to make themselves better. So they're going to do Yankees things. Yep. Blue Jays will probably try to get better. They've been aggressive all the last two years. The Rays are the Rays. They might trade somebody away from their squad and actually somehow get better because that's just what the Rays do. And then is is Baltimore like, like hey, you know we're around. Like we're not. We don't know. Mm-hmm. You know why not? We're you know we're going to yeah. go out and actually compete for Brad Fulmer or Andrew Chaffin Chaffin from the Tigers. You know like we'll, we're also like interested in getting better in some of these areas. And then you you scroll down to make matters even worse is like. It's not just a one team running away with it in the West. There is one team that's going to be the AL West, but the Mariners need to continue to play good baseball to be the final wild card team. Mm-hmm. Like they've got to be concerned about the blue, the you know keeping pace with the Blue Jays, keeping pace pace with the Rays, and if God forbid anybody comes out of the Central to kind of push that wild card. So there's like there's a lot of teams in the AL that are buyers. And the NL, I think, is a little bit more contributes a little bit more in terms of hey, here are some sellers, and you know the Cubs, Pirates, Reds, Giants might be sellers, Diamondbacks might be sellers, Rockies might be sellers. They have a couple more where there's more teams. So just it's like a recognition of two months ago or a month ago, it was like yeah, Baltimore's gonna be sellers, no problem. The rain, the Mariners just couldn't figure it out. You had two teams in the AL that just took off. And have played great baseball and like put themselves in competitive positions. So it's just, yeah, yeah. And maybe it's always like this every post All Star break, right before the trade deadline, where you're like, oh crap, there's more contenders than we thought, and we're gonna have to see. I, I love this as this like staring contest, Woody against Cleveland and Minnesota. Like, and do you mean that by who's gonna do something first than the other team? Just like it's all yours. Go ahead and take it, kind of thing. <laughs> like you know, like. Oh, that's the price for us to get involved. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Never mind then. Yeah. We're good. Yeah. Like, we'll just expect our guys to play better. And, uh, and I, I, yeah, for sure. And I just, yeah. I, I don't see how the Twins can't do nothing. They have to do something. But it's like, is anything, what's going to move, what's going to make you that much better? And how can you compete against the likes of all those squads that are also looking to benefit or make their, bolster their teams? Like, yeah. what, what, what would the Twins do outside of signing Carlos Correa? Which we did, which I just, you know, this, this entire season, I think we should always consider that, like, the Twins went out and signed the best player in baseball, as we now watch Rowdy Telez's first home run on the highlights here. Uh, here okay, here's where I'm getting a little worried with the Correa stuff right now. Uh, <laughs> does, do, I guess I, I know. That, that blinks, and then they're like, wait, anybody want a starting shortstop? Oh, man. I, I, I legitimately and genuinely don't think that's going to happen. Um, however, I do get a little worried that I don't know any Texas Ranger fans, like, at all. I knew one growing up, and he was kind of default, and his favorite player was Frank Catalanato, and I'm like, that doesn't really count. <laughs> um, but do any Texas Ranger fans even remember the Alex Rodriguez years? Right? It's just it's just like, nope. Uh, he hit like 154 home runs in three seasons. Was like a two-time MVP and just mashed the baseball. However, we just talk about like how sick of a young player he was in Seattle. Yeah, and then the Yankees. Yankees. We just skipped yeah. that. Yeah, I'm getting because why they didn't make the playoffs with him. Yeah, like nothing yep. happened. Like everyone just forgets. Again, he was all of a sudden he went from six three like two oh five to six three to like two forty overnight. And we know why now with the steroids and stuff, but also just you know working out different and doing other stuff too. But like. I get worried that that's what's going to happen with this with this Twins team with Correa, where it's going to be like, are we just wasting it? Like, I, yes, like, yes. Here's my thing, and I we've talked about this before too, where it's like, I wouldn't rather be a Royals fan in general, but I would from this perspective of like, they've won a World Series yeah. once like every like yeah. generation basically, yep. right? So you got the '80s, yep. you got 2015. And yeah, and they kind of peak around every like seven to ten years, and it's like they have like a two or three stretch and whatever. But they go for it, and this you know in twenty fourteen and twenty fifteen back to back World Series appearances, they went for it. It was an awesome team. It was fun. They had a lot of elements that were like, oh, this is like that's cool. Like like it worked out, paid off. Yeah. 
Like, I don't care if in 2025 we're starting a bunch of no-namers and we're yeah. trying to convince ourselves that Simeon Woods Richardson is the next coming of uh, Johan. Johan or Joe May. I was just like, like some. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <yeah. laughs> you know, like Joe Mays wasn't that bad. He did win that game in 02 against the Angels. And then we went, like, it's stuff like that, no, whatever. But like, I'm fine with that if we just load up for a couple years. Yeah. And I'm just getting worried that like it just feels like uh, we have Correa. We're putting, you know, butts in seats. Uh, we keep pumping out Buxton. Arise was now an all-star. Uh, Joe Ryan's exciting. We went out and got in Sunny Gray. What do you want from us? It's like, I I want you to kind of dig in here, and then I will give you the out of saying, yeah, we need to cut salary, a la the Chicago Cubs. They yeah. won the freaking World Series, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. What are we doing here? What are we doing this for? The, I don't. What I, are we doing this for? The Cubs are garbage this year. They're absolutely atrocious. They they just gutted that team. They traded everyone cool that was even on there that like had resemblance. Think of that core. It was Javi Baez. It was uh, Chris Bryant. It was Anthony Rizzo. Uh, the outfielders are like a weird collection of Fowler and uh, Hayward. Yeah, Jason Hayward. Um, a couple other guys. Uh, Schwarber was like a weird like catching prospect for him. Mm-hmm. They had the our Arietta, the pitchers, and all that stuff, whatever. Like same same thing for the Nationals. Yeah, they just, like, exactly. Would you rather be yeah. a Cubs fan or a Nationals yeah. fan for like the last uh, seven years? Yeah, the Nationals are slightly different because they're about to fuck up the Juan Soto yeah. thing, which which is a completely separate thing of it. But like, talk to a Nationals fan or and the Nationals are kind of a new thing. They haven't had a team for a while. But like, talk to a Nationals fan or a Cubs fan, they're not like. Pissed well, outraged. They're not pissed this year. Yeah. Like, yeah, this is what happens. Yeah, we went for it. Great, we won. It worked. Or even just getting to the World Series. Yeah. Like, it works. And then yeah, and then go tell me about how you need to cut cut salary to pay for all the bars you keep buying around your ballpark. Sure, I don't care. So Woody, that that reeking of the Twins wasting Carlos Correa for a season, and maybe even like next season, because this thing isn't changing without. Again, like, how are we even in first place? It just it boggles my mind with the shit team at, that they put together. Shit team, and I say shit team that's salvaged by somehow Kirloff and Miranda and Arise and Buxton having these great offensive seasons or like finding some way to win some games with no pitching whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. It, it's incredible. What do you, we're still talking about here are the top names that are out there. There's by the way, there's still the same names that were out there at the beginning of the season that we could have had, maybe for less in Frankie Montas, maybe for less in Luis Castillo, maybe for less in Tyler Molly. The the same names we talked about at the beginning of the season, being like, why? Okay, we got Sonny Gray. Why don't we also get Luis Castillo? Because he's better than everybody else you've put out here. And these are the same guys that are available with now a really focused. Maybe fewer teams, but more teams that are desperate for that. And Woody, is Luis Castillo or even Frankie Montas going to be enough to save this team? CeCe Sabathia with the Brewers in 2008, who it was is light years better than the two names you just listed, yep. like just got him to the first round. Yep. Right? Yep. And that is, I yep. think, the best ca- That and, like, Randy Johnson of the Astros in 2000, 99, whatever that year was. Um who again? Randy Johnson, a yeah, top three left-handed starter of all time. Right now. Yeah, it's yeah. Max Scherzer to the Dodgers last year is a great, great example. Whatever too, and they didn't even get to the World Series. It's a there's not a guy like that out there, and that's like we're trying to convince ourselves that Frankie Montas and or Luis Castillo is in his prime. CC Sabathia, like not a chance. Yeah. Uh, so, no saying all that, knowing that. Go get them both. Like, yeah, that, that's like I, that's the yeah. kind of thing like, you should be looking at. It's like, oh, do we do this now? Like, let's let's make the dude move on July thirtieth, while everyone's kind of like, oh, let's take the weekend to figure it out. We'll take Monday as a call everybody in. Like, nobody gets to go home and go to sleep until the trade deadline's runs over tomorrow. Uh, treat it like a SNL like Writers Tuesday kind of thing mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. until you have a skit that's approved, you don't get to go home. Like kind of thing. If you're the twins, like just jump it. Just be yeah. like, hey. Here's, here's the deal. We got two pretty good prospects kind of in the minors that we can ship out pretty easily, and we can give you bats and or arms around it that are just serviceable players and yep. starters that you can sell season tickets around next year. And go do it. Like yep. That would be awesome. That would be a sweet move to do. But are they going to do it? Mm. I, I just pulled up the athletics list of the top ten starting pitchers. And, and you know, with, with kind of how long we want to pull this out. Yeah. I, I don't know if we need to go through the whole thing. It's just I want to note that every single one of these pitchers, and they say best team fits, the Twins are 
listed. You know, and again, for for let's just look at Frankie Montas. You know, Cardinals, Giants, Phillies, Rays, Mets, Dodgers, and of course the Twins are also. But there's no way in hell you're outbidding the Cardinals or the Mets or the Dodgers if yeah, they really yeah. want him. Now, Luis Castillo, we're still <laughs> Dodgers, Braves, Red Sox, Twins, Angels, Mets. You know, Mets, Dodgers. Like, yeah. how, how can you convince Luis Castillo to come? But if we do it now and you just do it, and you had asked earlier, kind of maybe before we started potting, like, what are we? What would I be willing to give up? Everything, Woody. It doesn't. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't yeah. fucking matter. That it's yeah. it's anything and everything. Yes. If you're playing in the Triple A or Double A, or Single A or Rookie Ball, like you're you're on the trading block. Matt Walner's having a great season. Great, Matt. You had a great futures game. You hit a home run. Listen, we're moving you to Cincinnati. You know, your Forest Lake kid. Is he the Forest the, Lake kid? The Queen City. Uh, is he? Right. I think so. I think More, so. Yeah. Uh, fine. Because we're we're gonna do this thing for this year, and that's that's same goes for the bullpen. But again, it's like there there needs to be four new Twins players, Woody, by the end of the trade deadline, or else I have zero confidence that this is a team that's gonna play postseason baseball. Four new yeah. four new players. Here here are the I'm not gonna count Royce Lewis. Um, here are the four prospects that I expect to be traded into like real players for us now. Uh, Austin Martin, uh, Spencer Steer, mm-hmm. Matt Walner. And I think we could probably like, he's not even on here. This, this is, a, I was, I was going to say, uh, uh, Ronald Acuna's brother. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Byron, right? Brian Acuna? Brian Brian or Byron? Brian, yeah. Uh Keanu Cavaco, I, I think people like too. But it's like Okay, so let's let's move that down to three, because unfortunately Aaron Sabato I don't think is gonna is gonna cut it at age twenty three and play an A plus ball. Eesh, that was maybe a bad investment on a yeah, whoops. Uh, random eBay week there. But um here's my okay, so the one thing I'll go into and then I think yeah, let's jump to to kind of wrapping this up with uh both what we think what we want to happen maybe first yeah, and then what we yeah, think will yeah. happen second um is the two like we we got to do it man we, we just got Belazovic and Woods Richardson like if we I'm saying now this is me before saying if we can't strike a deal for Castillo for Montas for Soto for Scoobal for a whatever whatever guy I think I counted 13 teams I'm like those guys are out they're like they're they're sellers there's some stars on those teams um there's some players that definitely can be had for a Spencer Steer or uh, Brian Medina or whatever. And it's like, yeah, I think people could get excited about that. However, if we decide, like, no, like, we got to see those guys. Like, give me five starts out of them. Quit running Bundy out there. Quit yeah. running. Yeah. Uh, 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 blank ass, I don't know why I'm blanking on his name now. Uh, Archer out there. Like, quit doing that. Like, we don't need to see this anymore. If you're telling me that uh, 23-year-old Jordan Belazovic, I think a two-time Minnesota Twins Minor Leaguer of the Year award winner, is not ready enough to at least have a shot at getting five to six starts, uh, but Dylan Bundy is still good enough to roll out there, like, give me a break. Um, that being said, do you uh, do you want me to go first? Do you want, do you want to go first of what, what you want to see here? Uh, you can go first. I just will also okay. just, you know, that quiet tap on the shoulder that Pelosovich's ERA is 10.85 this year at Triple A. I like to go Belazovich, back. sorry. Yeah, I like to, I like, yeah, I, I, I call him Pelosovich. It's probably Pelosovich or whatever. But um, I like to go back to the good old, I don't know if it was in the book necessarily, but the good old Moneyball line of um, he just needs at bats. <laughs> Can't hit in the minors. So you think he's going to hit in the majors? He just needs at bats. <laughs> like, just throw him out there. Who cares? Okay. Um, Let yeah. Woody. What What would you like to see trade deadline, and what do you think is going to happen? Go for it. <sighs> Boy, um, I think I'm gonna instead of naming names, because I think that's really hard to figure it's out impossible. right now. Like it. Go with, do, go with the positional need. What I'll yeah, obviously we'll start with what we want first happening. I would like it to be Buxton in center. I would like it to be Kirilov in left or right 
Uh, do I get to be Nick Gordon as our utility outfielder slash infielder? Celestino as like that 26th roster man spot. And then we get to bump it up in September still, right? I think so, but... I, I don't... Mm. I forget how that works. Either way, it's not really relevant to this part of it. And then I would like, because there's value, Max Kepler to be gone. Yeah. And us to put a bat out there. Yeah. The name yeah. that I was yeah. trying to think of, which I think is going to be really tough and impossible. However, I think this is a team that would love to acquire like a, a top prospect to go replace them. Because uh, that's just kind of what they're doing. And I don't, I don't actually know really what they are doing. He's not doing the greatest, but you might be able to pull a swoop here. of, And then again, you can now have Bucks and DH and do whatever you need to do or take some days off. Is Brian Reynolds on a Pittsburgh and Daniel Vogelbach, just swipe them both. Yep. You get the bench bat, Miguel Snow, have fun in Pittsburgh, uh, whatever you need to do. Max Kepler will give you an outfield we got to replace him that's cheap, and you can take an Austin Barton plus a uh, – it's probably going to cost us like three prospects. Matt's uh, already grabbed Vogelbach. Ah, that's right. <laughs> I knew well, – yeah, I, 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 lo- yeah, I no, love yeah, yeah. the Brian Reynolds. Like, Yeah, I, I forgot about the mess taking him. Um, He just showed up on the stats thing. That's still leading, which says a lot about the Pirates. But, like – RBI Vogelbach, thirty-four. Leading the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, yeah, I yeah, I meant to grab him. Um, okay, so either way, Reynold, Vogelbach was going to cost you what, like a case of beer and like a a player to be named later. So like that that's not relevant to this. Like, they're still going to ask for uh, a Noah Miller plus plus a Walner plus like an Austin Martin. Mm-hmm. Cool, do it. Because now we have our outfield set for yep the next three to five years. Yep. Uh, awesome. Let's 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 go ahead and do it. So. Get our outfielder. Soto, obviously, is the name. I would love it as reliever. But, we again, we don't care. Just give me two new arms. Yeah. I don't care yep. who they are. Yep. They could be the third best pitcher on the Diamondbacks for all I care. Because I don't think that anybody on this in this bullpen outside of Duran is worth anything. Yep. At all. Yep. It, it, and, like, let's yep. just get new blood in here at, at the least. Yep. Let's get some guys. And kind of like the NL. I won't mind the NL specifically for the AL hasn't really seen him. And so there's some newness to that. Um, so give me two arms there. And then, again, it's like I, I'll, I'll be modest. I'm not going to say, like, hey, let's go get both Castillo and Montas. Obviously, like, great. I think I lean towards Castillo. But, like, both – I look at both and say, hey, the one thing that's going for us – again, you said, hey, look at all these teams that are competing for them, and they are – is they both play for small market teams now. And so I think they have no issue going to another one, especially if they're contending and winning, because they're both not in winning situations. Uh, and, and then and go do that. Uh wild card kind of what i want go just find an established dude as a starter and just go bring him in here and just be like whatever man like it it because again i think these guys are established but they're not like dudes they're just kind of like three four guys yeah. like uh go get a guy who has some years left on his deal and it's like whatever like, we're, yeah. we're popping in there. It, whoever the marlins are willing to like part yes, with that's, that's not exactly named alcantara and then eh, you might want to let's see if they want to part with alcantara uh but yeah, exactly. You guys heard of Royce Lewis? <laughs> uh, and so, Woody, that that's what you're. So, let's recap this. Yep. Outfield. You want to shift up the outfield. You want to bring in another everyday starting impact outfielder. Yes. You want to bring in two arms in the bullpen, and you'd also like a bat off the bench, mm-hmm. and coupled with any deal with Kepler or something along those lines, and then you want two starting pitchers. Prefer the top end, of course, but find just anything so you yes. got two arms in the bullpen two arms starting pitching outfielder and a big bat off the bench and saying all that understanding i think that's five players that we're probably gonna get three to four of them yeah so like but yeah if we can get all yeah. five great that would cost us to like just absolutely unload the the farm system which I'm, again i'm fine with because again I, I look at these names and i look at who we've brought up in the past and it's like yeah we obviously love what miranda's doing what crew ops doing right but it's like so we've hit on two guys. Yeah, Buxton, and they're the only two we're keeping. Yeah. That, that, yeah. that was I was going to say. Those are the only two guys that are kind of like nope. We're, they're part of. Yeah. They're part of our squad now. Yeah. Uh, you want me to roll into what I think will happen, or you want to yeah, go, with go ahead? Okay. I mean, you go right hot right into the what's going to happen. I think we're going to throw away just way. We're going to just way too much into like a Frankie Montas trade, and have nothing left. And we'll have some just names. I think that, like, going and picking up a fill-in-the-blank reliever is not going to be hard. I look at, like, a Mark Melancon. Yeah. Um, yep. I, I, One of those guys is going to be, like, there, there's we're, we're going to get a reliever. Yeah. Uh, you know who I think is very available and very, like, gettable? Who would just be kind of, like, 
Huh. I've mentioned this before. I've been and waiting it, for this. Yeah. Uh, Roldis Chapman was just sitting there. <laughs> like, it, it, I think the Yankees are like, listen, like, you guys kind of fleeced us on this whole, like, Donaldson deal, but, like, whatever, man. Like, we don't, we clearly don't want him anymore. We clearly got our guy in Hughes, uh, like, or Holmes, Clay Holmes. Mm-hmm. Like, he's kind of sucks. So, like, it, we'll pay part of this and get him out of here and just, like, open up for someone else going in. But again, like I said, it's, it's a, uh, Anthony Bender from Miami. Yeah. It's, it's a uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez from Philly. Ian Kennedy from Arizona. Like, again, not, these guys aren't necessarily, like, anything special. Brad Hand, bring them home. Like, but it's just new arms. I think yeah. that's going to be really doable. But that's the problem. Is like, when I say, like, we need arms and we need dudes coming in, we need to go out there and get a Soto. We need to go get a David Bednar out of Pittsburgh. That's the kind of guys that's like, okay, I'm going to give up legitimate guys here for. Um, yeah. Yeah, we're both in the same agreements with Daniel Bard. I'm like, eh, impressive what you're doing in Colorado where it's, like, easy hit home runs, but um, I'm probably okay on that. But, again, it's like if we're going to go down to scrape the bottom of the barrel here, that, that's that's just we're going to move some pieces around do whatever. But, again, I think we're going to burn two out of those three prospects, that the top guys that are tradable in our farm system, for, like, a, a rerun of Sonny Gray, which, again, it's great, but – Look what happened when the the Reds made the the playoffs. Was that three years ago already? Mm-hmm. When their rotation was Bauer, Gray, Castillo, and I'm blanking on one other guy, but like they had four legitimate like two slash three starters. Bauer at the time you could argue was like a legitimate true ace in terms of baseball. Where I think there's only it's like the top twelve or thirteen pitchers in a tier. It's not yep. just like everybody's first pitcher. Yep. Which always is like that blended term. And they didn't get him out of the first round. Yeah. So, like, that's the worry with, like, setting up a team like that. I I, I, I yep. just think something like that's coming our way. Or some starter we're not even, like, on the radar about where it's like, are you serious we just traded for Strasburg? Like, what are we doing? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Welcome back, Martin Perez. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like something stupid like that. Or, like, you know – we we really went after John Gray in the off season. Yeah. And Texas was willing to get real or willing to get rid of him at year one of a four year deal. Yeah, I wonder why. Yeah. Like yeah. something like that happening or whatever. Like yeah. So I th- I think I think what I would like to see what he I'm, I would love to see two of these names from I, I would like to see. Here's what I think. In order, maybe this is what you laid out. Is that a competitive to get them to the second round of the playoffs? What you laid out, getting um, getting your 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 what you would like to see, and this is the toughest thing because, you know, that's what you said you you thought this season would not be a success unless you got out of the first round of the playoffs. Correct. If we go back correct. and check the record, um, also a huge problem. Um, God, I clicked on the link too much. Uh, with with all this as well as I pull up the standings really quick here and buy some time while I do that is, we are going to be the three seed. Yep. So we are playing the best wild card team, which you would which argue is, is going to be a Toronto better right now. division winner. If Toronto was in the Central, they're winning it, right? Yeah. So it's like, I. So we're gonna have to play the best division winner, who again they're close what, what with you, Seattle. We, we don't want to play any of these playoff teams. Yeah, all it, of these teams at, are better than. I'm we looking are. at this right now. I don't want to play Tampa. I don't want to play Seattle. I don't want to play Toronto. So this is all a moot point. Who cares who's the th- – we yeah. don't want to play any of them. Yeah. And that's who it's going to be because whoever finishes second in the Central is not making it. Um, like, are we going to count on Baltimore to catch Tampa? No way. They're, they're just like, hey, we're happy to be here. Maybe we add something to, like, entertain it. But we're not trading any of these guys. And yeah. any of our young guys in the system, we're not trading we them We can either. roll this back next year. Yeah. Adley just came up. Look at how much time we took for him to come up. Like, we will wait. Like, yeah. we, are not, we have no issue doing this. So like Cleveland, you know, Baltimore's out of it, and then that's it. That's like the only thing that's really competing with it. So, I don't want anything to do with any of these guys. I'd love to play Tampa out of all those teams. Sure, yeah, it, but that's I, also like, this is the Rays. They're gonna they're gonna win that series <laughs> exactly. So it's like I just don't want to play these guys. I do not want to play Julio Rodriguez in this team. And again, this could be very different in a month time. But sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, I, you know, I think it just. It, at best, get you there, but it, it still follows that same path of we're gonna it. We're just not gonna lose the central. We're not gonna win it. So what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So, with your line of thinking, like then whatever we do right now, we fall short of Woody's level of success. What what was gonna be a measurable of a success of a season, which yep. ultimately was like, would Korea come back the next year? 
depends how we lose, right? You're right. <laughs> <laughs> we get so, swept, and he's out here batting like 400 in the series, and nobody else is like above 250. You might be like, oh, shit. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So, my ideal, just trying to get this right away, is is I would love to see Tyler Molly in a Twins uniform okay. for a little bit. You know, they, they apparently are much more interested in him than Luis Castillo. Sure. Age-wise, Frankie Montas, I'd, I'd, I'd pass on that. And what do you... I, I'm a little disappointed in you because I want to see two starters, one of them Tyler Molly and the other named Madison Bumgarner. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Just why the fuck not? Like, yeah. okay, you know, then we just try to catch light in a, in a pant and be like, Bum, we need you to pitch, you know. We're basically expecting better than Chris Archer, and then we need you to, like, turn back into yourself come the playoff games. And all of a sudden you're like, you know, it's it's October Madison Bumgarner's towing the mound against the Rays, at, and and all of a sudden it's like, hey, what if the Twins could find something here? So those are what I like to see the two starting pitcher-wise. Any two fresh arms, if not three in the bullpen, and a backup catcher is what I, what I would like to see happen. Uh, Tyler Rogers, by the way, got walked off tonight. Well, you know. So take that. Uh and then I, I also like love this idea of being willing to move on from Kepler or if Kepler has value right now, like trading for that. So like you redo your outfield and bring back Gilberto Celestino. And I don't ever want to see Miguel Snow in a twins uniform. <laughs> if that, if we haven't said that yet. Now, what he hears, what I think is going to happen. They're going to get one reliever and they're going to get a shitty backup catcher. And that's going to be fucking it. And this team is going to end up in third in this division. That's what I think is going to happen. Cause they, like we said, they're just, they're not going to be able to, try to get wrap their heads around getting Luis Castillo or Frankie Montas. They just they just won't. They they're not they're not going to do that. We know this club. We know this. They they they're going to invert everything we've said about Correa's just kind of this like veneer of getting people back and it's nothing it's not moving the needle because you have too many issues. So that's uh, what's going to happen and then we're going to be stuck being lamenting the fact that we've spent this much time talking about this stupid fucking team. I, I can see it now. I can see it. Breaking news, Jeff Passan. The Minnesota Twins have agreed to send Austin Martin, Keanu Cavaco, and a player to be named later to the Oakland Athletics for Sean Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> what? Did you reading like the Pulse quick? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, Oakland. What the fuck? Quick look up his stats. Oh, he's batting like 244 with 11 home runs. All right, he's played every game. That's cool. Whatever he won a oh he won a Gold Glove last year yeah. that's pretty cool so oh, okay. I, I, I'm very pessimistic right here at July 27th late late into the evening about this trade deadline because I feel like they're gonna take they're gonna blink. I think a good part to end on here is Madison Bumgarner just turned turned 32. He has been pitching since he's been 20. Uh, long seasons with the Giants as well because winning three World Series kind of does that for you or maybe he was only on two of them. Um, he somehow the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks are in the luxury tax this year? That's kind of funny. Um, he, next year, in the fourth year of the deal he signed, has a base salary of $23 million, And the following year, he has a base salary of $14 million. Doable. But also has a modified no-trade clause. And we were hard after him when he was a free agent. And he said no, no. about 17 <laughs> times. So my guess of the Minnesota Twins are on that on modified <laughs> trade, no-trade clause list. Um However, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see him in a Twins uniform. Why not? You, just, just maybe this is a great way to close this. We should close every single pot out and calling out uh, Madison Bumgarner's latest start. He went eight innings, gave up four hits, two earned runs, struck out nine, and got the win. Uh, and he also is um, three and one in his last four starts. So who'd uh, who who did you pitch against? Uh, that was against the Washington Nationals. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, a Nelson Cruz reunion is not the question too. I believe. Oh damn it. God damn Nelson it. Cruz for Miguel Sano? I think that's a de- doable trade. I'd bite your arm off for that, like, in a second. Like, <laughs> fine, you take this clown. Yeah. Just, you just it, want to swap these guys? Did, did you hear parts? anything? Yeah. Did he get pulled from the other game and, like, just because they watched his second at bat and were like, we can't ever do this again? I just I never want to see him in a Twins uniform again. And I, I think it was literally like a, hey, if this goes south quick, yank him because, like, we need him to have any resemblance of trade value, which he weirdly had after AAA. You would think he would, you know, that there's like, there's but, 
everyone was like, uh, we're going to call your bluff. You, we know that you have to basically play him for a week in the, in the majors, and you're not just going to release him. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll call you on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. So, well, uh, Sean Murphy, if you're listening, you do fit a nice <laughs> prototype of catchers we like here of batting below 230 career-wise and uh, weirdly having power and pop, but yeah. probably not functional. So, uh, that being said, uh, any last parting words here before uh, we wait and watch here? Wait and watch? Uh, you know, just... <laughs> no. <laughs> I got nothing. I just I maybe maybe this is Woody. Maybe this is all just channeling our cathartic experience of throwing, shaking our fists, and somehow, uh, you know, August third, this will be a very different team, and we'll be singing a very different tune. Maybe. I'm really ho- I'm really <laughs> hoping that we have an emergency pod because we just traded for someone that I can't believe we just did, <laughs> a la Carlos Curacao. But on that note. For Dave, this has been Woody. This has been Flyover Territory Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Peace.